Hey, it's Dan here. If you want to hear this episode of the Backchat Podcast without ads and get extra content that no one else gets, head to backchatstudios.com.au where you can sign up as a patron and access all of our bloody good merch. Yeah, welcome to the first week of the finals, the review. This is the Shelter Footycast live from the Backchat Studios in the underground Wool Schofield bunker. I'm Simon Beaumont, and this is Mark Reddings. Hello, Skeet. Hello, Bowie. Great to be here, and we think Will Schofield is still with us in some form on the other side of the world, but heading yes. back very shortly, and he'd be very happy with what... He would have seen, I reckon, over the weekend yes. by Fremantle and four amazing games. In fact, it has to be said, that is the best first week of finals footy I've ever seen. 43 points uh, over four matches. Mm. In, that included a blowout of 22 points between Sydney and Melbourne. Yeah. So, uh, really good footy. Great weekend yeah. to uh, kickstart what hopefully will be a, a fantastic final three weeks. Yeah, thanks to our house band, the Southern River Band, the uh, boys from Thornley. That was the song at Chimney. Um, i tell you what. I'll tell you what, I saw you out on the ground on on Saturday night, weaving your MC magic, getting anyone to stand up for the national anthem and all of that. Um, do you? you know, I've done a couple of those as well. It's good being out there with the players, and you get a little card. You've got three lines to read. You can't memorise them. You're allowed to read them off the card. Can, yeah. you, remember, can you remember what you said? Uh, well, I'll tell you what happened, because I got out there, and there was a bit of confusion about the mics. And as it turned out, I got cued by the Channel 7 um, director, and... I had the mic there, and you know when you're there that if you speak, you can hear your voice throughout reverberate throughout the stadium. Mm. There was nothing. That happened not once, <laughs> not twice. They kept going, Q. Yeah. My mic simply wasn't working. Yeah. So as it turns out, I'm thinking, okay, I can't keep going because no one can hear me. Mm. I'm talking to myself. So eventually, I think it was go number four, the audio went, and look, I don't think many people would have known that that there was uh, a bit of, you know, the heart starts to pump a bit harder and players are probably looking at you and I'm going, well, it's got nothing to do with me and there's eye rolling. So, But, yeah, it was great to be out there and it's such a – and particularly when there's – I've done Anzac Day when there's that silence yep. and, and you've got 60,000 people. You're right, it's a fantastic position to be in. I had a great um, – Singer next to us, uh, Gemma Ricks. Gemma Ricks goes very well, doesn't terrific, she? Terrific. Uh, yeah. Of course, part of Frozen. Uh, she's a Melbourne girl. Mm. And I said, to her, How did you get this gig? She only got it on Wednesday. And oh, I've given my understudy the job tonight to do Frozen at Crown. And uh, she was delightful. She barracks from Richmond. So she just thought it was great to be involved. I've got to be honest with you, um, even though. I didn't listen as closely because I had another duty straight afterwards, but I would have thought she'd be half a chance to do the national anthem at the grand final. She yeah. was outstanding. Yeah, well, she's done the Melbourne Cup, so she's, a, she's, a, she's quality. Just, a, just on that, I did the International Rules MC one year, and we did the rehearsal, and there was an Irish guy there who was singing the Irish national anthem um, in, you know, in language, and he did a couple of Guinnesses in between rehearsal and the live thing. <laughs> he was half cooked, was he? He was well and truly lost. He didn't, and, and the mic was on, and he was shouting and yelling and, and carrying on. So it can't, it can't go pear shaped. Uh, <laughs> a bit like Fremantle in the first half. <laughs> oh, well, that's yeah. That was. We'll get to that. We'll get. We will get to that. Um, to for all our socials for thanks for listening and watching the Shelter Footycast. If you haven't seen it before, a little bit of West Australian theme, but as Skeet said, one of the best uh, first rounds of a final we've seen in many a long year. Uh, at Shelter Footycast, uh, footycast at shelterbrewing.com.au, uh, .au, shelterbrewing.com.au. Beautiful drop. Drink it every day if you can. Uh, also, YouTube, <laughs> back <backchat. laughs> I'm going to have some of the Simo. Shelter Footycast playlist. Um, it's down in, born and brewed down in, in beautiful Bussardom. 
Yeah, be a bit cold and wet down there today, but yeah, uh, yeah I'm getting some good feedback as well. A bloke I was speaking to just out of out of interest for another story I'm doing, but uh, Stevie Armstrong, who's current caretaker coach of Perth, applying for the main job. He, he says he listens and enjoys the footy stuff's good, but he enjoys the banter and the, I guess the 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 human interest side the of that. chaos, whether it's Scoey's, uh, you know, family <laughs> life or what he thinks about life. Your um, your digressions, <laughs> your your musical career, your uh, marital issues, your female attachment <laughs> issues. Who knows? And, and mine's just uh, trying to stay married for twenty years, which has been a very very good effort. Considering I reckon in cricket parlance, I was eight for eighty three at lunch with uh, a day, basically half a day to bat, and I've got through nine for one hundred and twelve. And thankfully, played a draw twenty series in a row, <laughs> batting at number eleven, fielding a fine leg. <laughs> Um, I'll tell you what too, Sky. I think Scoey um, can't wait to see him when he gets back, but I think he might have landed a big interview over in Belgium and in, in the Netherlands, so uh, watch this space. Yep, and I reckon watch this space because when he gets back, after getting the jet lag and uh, just detoxifying, he'll be cooked <laughs> for about a week and a half. So I'm yeah. looking forward to seeing him sit in that spot on Thursday and he'll be a broken man. He's gone from Belgium <laughs> to the bunker. <laughs> Can't wait to see him, uh, Scoey, if you're listening. Um, some of the big moments of the round, Skeet, anything, as, you, as we reflect, there was... There were so some many. million moments, wasn't there? So many. 32 mm. goals the first game between uh, Brisbane and Richmond. Uh, as part of that, the comeback by Brisbane, the Tom Lynch point, which could have been a goal if the umpire's soft call had been allowed. That, that, was, that was Thursday night in a nutshell. Yeah. Just listening to a bit of commentary on the process. So we know um, the goal umpire clearly didn't see it, said, I thought it was a goal. Um, and then you know, and then what happened happened. It looked like Lynch knew that it was a point. Not to go over old ground too much, but the call I'm hearing in the last 24 hours is goal umpires do not have the ability to say I don't know. They have to make a call, and maybe there needs to be a third option instead of going. I think it's a goal. I think it's a point. They can say I don't know, like cricket umpires do, with a, on a run out, and they just say it's up, it's up to the uh, it's up to the arc to try and work it out, uh, and that's the latest I've heard. Or um, use the field umpires and the boundary umpires to stand on a post each when there's a close shot for goal. Or have two goal umpires full stop. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. A, that's an issue which I, I don't think's inconceivable. Uh, it was a point, wasn't it? I think it was a point. Yeah. But I wouldn't say the, con- the, the vision I saw was totally conclusive because, you know, the depth of perception, all the stuff they talk about with cameras, that it, yeah, it, it, was, it was a line ball call. Is that a fair assumption? It wasn't like yeah. clearly going a metre... No, uh, to to the points. I, and he does kick the ball high, Lynch too, doesn't he? Right over the top of the post. Did he give himself any chance of getting the goal given by just the dis- the, the reaction? Wasn't exactly one of no. yes, punch the air and then True. see if that that works. Tell you what, if Mason Cox was kicking for goal from there, it would have gone one meter above the umpire's hat. <laughs> he doesn't kick the ball very high, does he? Mason? No, but I can understand Damien Harwick being a bit frustrated. Soft call goal, and of course they, they've you know they've led. This year, in fourth quarters, nine times and been beaten. Wow. So that is uh, that is a team that, uh, look, they're very good for most of that night and they should have won the game. In fact, they deserve to win the game, but they, they let that last play get away from them and uh, as it turns out, their season's over. And, and maybe, look, they did make a, a bad call in hindsight with Dusty not playing at all for two months, essentially. Yep. Didn't he work, looked underdone. Yeah. yeah, it didn't work. I've got two uh, moments of, of the round, Skeet. Um, my first one was... The, the the joy and the relief from the two Brisbane Lions leaders after the after the result on the uh, late you know early in the round, uh, Lockie Neal's cuddle 
of Chris Fagan and Zorko's cuddle. I'm a humanitarian. I love seeing people cuddling, as you know. You do, s- yeah. Ski. I saw your connections the other week, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, you, what was I what doing there? We, what were you wearing? CCTV footage I'm seeing. Well, I, I wasn't there myself. Was, but. I, I did see you in that dress. Um, <laughs> but that was a, a moment, clearly a relief, but they're a very um, close-knit team and they love the coach. I love that. Uh, and the other one, the other one, which are really 28 tackles by the Swans in the last quarter, they have turned this final series upside down, haven't they? They were magnificent. Skeet, honestly, I reckon there'd be 10 Sydney Swans players I'd struggle to name. They are a team of role players. Absolutely, correct. And that was all part of the mix. I don't think Brisbane, for all their heroics on Thursday night, I can't see them doing too much damage from, from here on in. And bear in mind, after a qualifying final loss... Most pundits come out and say, well, in this case, Melbourne, they're cooked. Uh, Collingwood, not so much because it was such an epic game, but how much will that take out of them? Mm. Invariably, now I might be wrong, but invariably, the teams that lose the qualifying finals find a way to to bounce back. So I'm expecting that. But you're right, it was extraordinary, some of the scenes at the Gabba initially. the comeback by by Fremantle as as the moment of the weekend from a WA perspective. But also Craig McRae, what about his... Uh, post-match comments about the players slumping to the ground and and I guess they were exhausted for one but Mm. he didn't want them to act like losers Losers. now he wasn't wasn't saying that they were acting like losers but they haven't lost Mm. the the war so to speak they've lost lost the first quarter of a four-week battle yeah I thought it was excellent and I thought the fans would have loved it the club would have loved it um, as a football neutral for that game, I, I thought it was excellent, and it, it just shows them saying we are still massively in this. The the premier the um, premiership favourites, uh, we've taken them to within a kick, and so hold your heads up because I also think he knows they've got a reboot for next week. They would have used some emotional coupons in that game, and they need to get back up and running for for next week. Um, Jordan Ngoi possibly, you know, he, he's a he's a test shoulder, on shoulder, uh, and uh, of course Taylor Adams looks like he's gone with the groin. I do like the term. I might use that. Emotional coupons. I might borrow that one. You, you can Thank absolutely you, use that. Uh, he he looked like he would never walk again. Taylor yeah. Adams, the way he did his. Yeah, groin. he's gone for the season unless something dramatic happens. Most spectacular but groin injury you've ever seen. I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm actually I actually am not a Collingwood supporter, but I've enjoyed watching them oh, play yeah. and their rise and their fans, and it's it's Exciting. actually making the final series yeah. better. And although I'd love Fremantle to advance, if Collingwood did get to a grand final, it just adds something to the week, doesn't yeah. it? Oh, it sure does. And they are excited. It's an exciting brand of footy, the Dacos boys. Um, oh, just on Taylor Adams and his groin, you remember when that bloke ran, ran into the pommel horse at the Olympics? Yeah, I the do. The folding horse and just <laughs> broke every bone in his body. Well, <laughs> so it was a bit like that. Well, I, I saw Jamie Elliott, uh, just part of the pre-game warm-up. He got hit in the plums as well, but that was <laughs> the sun blinded him and, uh, yeah, of course, everyone laughs. I mean, Adams Adam was a, a, obviously a groin tear, but this was uh, just where you, you don't like to get hit. And, unfortunately, uh, Jamie Elliott, uh, pre-game was softened up a bit, but, yeah, great game of footy. Let's go. Let's look at um, the Fremantle Western Bulldogs game on Saturday, the final final of the round. You were there, Skeet. Um, I, I heard you hosted the AFL function as well and, and did a great job. Uh, that was an absolute emotional roller coaster for everyone there, wasn't it? It was. And uh, my co colleague Carl tends to say pretty early in a match, it's over. Um, and thankfully, he didn't say that on Saturday night because the Bulldogs had. The Dockers on toast at quarter time. They probably could have been six or seven goals up um, at that stage as opposed to they got to 41 points. And and I have to be honest, I had sort of a flashback to that first final, the, the 
Dockers played against the Bombers at um, Subiaco Oval mm. all those years ago, and there was a big build-up, and they got wiped off the park. But there was a 10-minute period just before half-time where mm. eventually they kick a goal. Sun Sun Walters converts after Jai Amos from the top of the square, the young man. Uh, just hits a stick. A, yeah, hits a stick. And, and look, he's a really good shot for goal, and mm. he, he proved that later on in the game. But just to be able to string together some goals late, leave the margin at 15 and a half time, the window was open, and you thought from there that Chief Fremantle have got some momentum here. Yeah, I heard Switkowski, Switter, being interviewed this morning uh, in a press conference, and he said, he said he just felt we needed to kick the first goal and then we were rolling. It just took to the 11-minute mark of the, uh, the second <laughs> quarter to do it. Uh, nervous times. It was, and they were beaten for the ball. They looked, they looked like they had stage fright, unfortunately. Yeah. When, but when you had guys like Bontempelli just dominating McRae, uh, they had their midfield was just on top. Yeah, and so therefore um, you, you had to say, look, in front of fifty eight thousand nine hundred eighty two people who suddenly went silent for for that second quarter up until, and of course when Amos misses that shot for goal top of the square. I think most people at that point, if you're going to say, can Fremantle get back from here? I said no. Yeah, I, I yeah. didn't believe it simply because you thought, oh, this is one of those nights. too far yep. now, isn't it? Um, Sarong Magnificent, wasn't he? I, I know Scoey Wolskofield often talks about uh, the fact that the young players at Fremantle are high draft picks, like Sarong and and like and Schultz and others. Uh, and that was borne out, wasn't it? They kept running, they're on top of the ground, and they, they st- uh, stay tough and stay stuck to the game plan, we think. Yeah, 33 touches Sarong, 32 Brayshaw, and they led young men who led, and they're probably not the same ilk in terms of reputation as a Petrarca, as a um, Oliver, as a Bontempelli, but they are the next breed of, of stars coming through. And, gee, if they can hold on to them for the next eight to ten years and add by drafting, you're right, their, their draft selections, you, you can have the best draft picks in the world, but if you don't make them count, as we've seen with North Melbourne, it, it doesn't, doesn't help. So what they've done is they've picked really savvily and they've been able to get the right players in, which includes some speed. Uh, you know, and Driz, Nathan O'Driscoll went off with an ankle injury, but he, he played his part. Uh, they had just that was the, an important goal he kicked. Absolutely. Uh, no doubt about that. Noddy, the, the fans call him Noddy, I believe. Do they? Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. he looks a bit like Noddy. Oh, I think no? it's Nathan O'Driscoll. Oh, maybe, yeah. Noddy, my, my, that's what I reckon it is. Um, yeah, good I, point. Um, <laughs> I, one thing, and without Nat Fife, Skeet, so you, you would assume not being out there that the on-field leadership when another team's got a run on or when things are when their whips are cracking, the on-field leadership uh, works pretty well on occasion for Frio. Yeah, and, and let's, let's be honest, Nat Fife, uh, look, it'd be great for him to be playing in, in the match, but they, they don't really miss a lot of... I mean, he, he's a bull, but given his, his health status, I mean, he won't play again this year, obviously. Mm. So this is, this is what they've got. And I think they've... Because I've learned to live without him in many ways, uh, they've had, whether it's the, the Pierce down back, whether it's the Mundy calming influence, whether it's the exuberance and, and uh, just the leading from the front example of Brayshaw, et cetera, they find a way to, to, yeah. to make their, their mark. But what they have to do is, before they play Collingwood, is address their first quarters. Yep. I mean, they got towed up by the Giants the week before, two weeks before, and against the Bulldogs. I mean, you, you can't keep doing that no. and expect to, to win big games. Yeah, no, you can't. Um, what, where to for the bullies? They sort of they were. I mean, they finished eighth, and that probably re- was reflected by a lot of their second halves. Um, Bondapelli was magnificent, as we say, as, as we saw. Uh, Johannesson with a couple, but he's he's out now. Sam Darcy, Luke Darcy's young bloke, looked, yeah. looked pretty handy, didn't looks he? Looks okay. 
Yeah, but it, and I saw the sombre group sitting around in the change rooms with um, Bevo addressing them later on. Um, they're, they're they're just quite not they're not quite there, are they? No, and there's going to be some big changes on their list as well because yep. uh, Dunkley is going to head to Port Adelaide. We believe that's just my phone, which of course I know nothing about technology, so I'll just try and. Just got some music playing there. there we Southern go. River Band. Um, Very so good. It could be. I, yeah, I was actually trying to look up the Bulldogs in the grand final, conceded, I think, 16 goals in a row, essentially. Yes, yeah. On the weekend, there was a wave after yeah. half time. It was like uh, 12 goals to two or three or something. There was just, that was a concern for Bevo. And talk about the Bulldogs' future. Rory Lobb will be there next year, we, we anticipate. Mm. But Dunkley to go, Johannesson to go. Um, there's going to be some movement uh, at. The ranch, um, and the question is, are they going to have some some really exciting tall players? If you look at Darcy, uh, Jamara Eugle Hagen, uh, you know Bruce is coming back from injury. Norton, does he play forward or back? So they've got some good height there. They've got some good talls, but there's going to be some turnover by the sounds of it at mm. the Bulldogs. Yeah, um, Bevo's safe, isn't he? I mean, he. Uh, I still think he conjures the odd win just through sheer genius and fear. So, yeah. yeah, he's got. Uh, have, yeah. You, have you seen him interviewed? He's actually got that with the sort of bikey moustache. Yeah. He's quite intimidating. Not quite yeah. big Malthouse, but it's, it's yeah, close. he is. I, I mean, we we get him a fair bit on on radio, and he's. Um, He's a really erudite, thoughtful, articulate bloke. He describes modern football as a pantomime. You never know what, quite what's going to happen, how it's going to go. But he's uh, he's one of my favourite football figures, um, Luke Beveridge. So uh, not uh, not quite there. Other Frio news, which impacts on Peel, and of course we saw that we saw the conclusion of the waffle season, and you you called some of that over the weekend. Yes, uh, yesterday down in Mandra, went for the drive down there and just. Uh an hour of just killing time on the freeway, just working my way down to, down to the beautiful Mandra. Trying to work out how to turn off your phone. <laughs> to, trying to play some music and just, no, Peel Thunder, 92-point margin. Yeah. That game was over very early. Uh, I think they had 14, 15 listed players there. Just from a, an AFL perspective, Tabin return kicks two. Uh, Sturt booted four, Meek kick three. Um, Sturt's been signed up, for an, signed up for another two years by Frio. Yeah, so... None of those players will come into the side, by the way, in my opinion, for, for Saturday. I think okay. unless there's an injury, which we haven't heard of. They, they keep Amos? They keep Amos, I think. And mm. Tabiner has another game uh, at uh, Peel. If he's, in fact, qualified, I'll have to check that because mm-hmm. you have to have played six games for the season, um, I believe. But also, while Fremantle's in the finals, their restriction is... is uh, they don't have many restrictions. So that's where there's a real concern from a Waffle perspective for the other clubs in the finals about how dangerous Peel's going to be over the next yeah. few weeks. Uh, we talked about it over the last couple of weeks, but um, good luck, a good luxury of depth for Frio. Pretty healthy list. Uh, the option of, uh, of five coming back in as well. Mitchie Croden, 40 touches yep. and a goal on the weekend. Neil Erasmus, 32 touches and a goal. But uh, I guess in, a, in a, a whopping like that, some of the fellows are going to get some touches, aren't they? Oh, they are, and I'm not sure it's the best preparation if they were going to make a change to head into a final of the MCG where Swans, I mean, they were down. They Sam Fisher injured, um, not didn't play. Watson was out. So uh, their season over. By the way, West Perth minor premiers, East Fremantle returned to the finals for the first time since 2014. Um, Claremont, always thereabouts. Mm. Uh, South, just, I think, limping towards another campaign. Uh, East Fremantle, the Cinderella story in many respects, yep. uh, along with West Perth for, for those. And um, Peel are like the... Um, the wicked witch of the West, aren't they? Yes, in, they, in the yeah, they are. At the moment. Uh, just on and just on West Perth. Um, well done to them. Uh, and I, you know, this, I'm not saying this maliciously because I like yeah. a lot of the Subiaco dudes. But it's good to see West Perth and East Frio and a couple of different yep. club names in the uh, in the final, in the, in the approaching finals. Uh, by the way, before we finish off, your mob 
uh, East Perth. Lost by a point. Lo- they? Did they? Did they no, lose they, by a point? No, they got beaten by more than a point. But they, they, they went down. It was... Uh, new glasses. It was yeah, Ross McQueen coaching. But Jackson Ramsey, uh, captain outgoing, retires. Uh, it's only 28 or something, but a fine young man, great family. So uh, good luck to him in retirement. Now, you know I'm an East Perth fellow and have been since I was uh, you know, yep. six or seven years of age. My young bloke is um, dating, going out with Darren Harris, the West Perth coach's daughter. Oh, that, okay. And she came to the Father's Day celebrations last night with my young bloke. Mm-hmm. And we took her right into the heart of East Perth Territory. We took her to the shoe bar. Higo, yes. massive East Perth bloke. Joe, massive East Perth girl. And so on. I made sure everyone in there knew that she was a West Perth supporter. Yeah. No, it's interesting. So that was the shoe for you on a Sunday night. I was there Friday night. Father's Day. Yeah, I was there Friday night and I was there to watch the footy mm. and all I saw were these uh, middle-aged <laughs> men walking in. And I, I love Kiss, but walking in with a face. But I, thought, I thought, this is numpty central. Uh, and now look, they're, they're passionate about Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley, uh, but really? At that age? I mean, you've got to work out what age you, you just decide to put the paint in the cupboard, don't you? Yeah, yeah. It's all right to wear a dress to connection sheet, but you can't be wearing a star on your face on, on Kiss night. I really like the Brisbane-Richmond match. Um, 17 lead changes. Richmond go in with massive momentum and Brisbane finally find a way despite the very well-paid Joey Danaher having a bit of a shock of the first half. You and I were corresponding yeah, on that during the I, game. I'll be honest, I put my hand up and I had some choice words for him <laughs> via text to you yep. about what he wasn't delivering and, and his, you know, the unrealistic marking attempts and, and some of the mistakes he made, which were justified. A bit, by, a bit like Rory Lobb, to be honest with you, on, on Saturday night. But to, to be fair, um, he ends up kicking three, gets a bit of the footy, kicks the match winner. Uh, and look, it was an extraordinary game. Oscar McInerney going down early was really harmful for the Lions. In a minute. In the first yeah, minute. Yeah, and he, he misses now the match against Melbourne because of this mm. concussion rule. Which is going to happen in a prelim final. I'm telling you, Bowie, it's going to happen. And yep. so uh, McInerney misses the MCG match. Of course, Dion Prestia was out of the game early for the Tigers. He's had yep. so many soft tissue injuries. Yes. But, and we know we talked about Dusty Martin playing forward, but he didn't really look anywhere near his dominant self. But um, the guy, the bloke that just kept Brisbane in it, Lockie Neal, 39 touches, uh, 15 clearances. He, if there were Brownlow medal votes, he gets the three. He does. And I've got a, a, a very quick Lockie Neal stat for you. La, uh, when he won in his Brownlow year, 460 total disposals. This year, 702. Are you serious? 702? Yeah. He's got to be favourite, doesn't he, to, to win, the, I think win so. the Brownlow? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, interesting because a bit of a sliding doors moment. If he'd come back to WA, played with Fremantle, there's, there's all sorts of... Um, Scenarios that could have come from that. Yeah, seems happy though, doesn't yep. it? When is the Brownlow? <laughs> the, the Brownlow. If you haven't joined us before, the Brownlow, uh, Bowie thought it was last week, but we've still got another couple of weeks to go. It's the week of the grand final. So I'm yeah. anticipating about the 18th or 19th of September. Okay, Bowie? Rich, oh, I've got it. I've, uh, I've, I've, I can't remember what you said just then, but I, it should what have been. What about Darcy Wilmot, the debutant? So good. He was great to watch. And you know what? He's got a bit of spunk about him. He plays yeah. with uh, Verve. And, and isn't it amazing? You, you invite and get a young player to, to make their debut or play in a big game. First up. They bring something, don't they? It's almost like there's no fear. They Joy, embrace Joy it. Amos sort of scenario yeah. is it, as well. Um, Richmond went in with massive form, massive momentum, with a really good team on, on paper as well. The two uh, forwards, Revolt and Lynch, in, in unbelievable form. So are we under, underplaying Brisbane's performance there? I heard you say earlier you don't think they'll trouble the scorers from here, but are we underplaying them a bit? Uh, 
No, I thought they were terrific on the night. It was a really courageous win yeah. because of the elements we talked about. So, um, look, Richmond opened the door, I think, a, a little bit because they're – I mean, even that that last play where they've got three Tigers in, in the goal square and somehow Danaher gets his boot to ball, they invite trouble Richmond defensively. That I mean, missing – having Grimes out and I guess they, they probably are at the end of their – their, their era in many respects. Some of those big defenders looked a little a little slow on occasion, didn't they? Those yeah. big Richmond but guys. Look, they should have won the game. Brisbane get through. Uh, well done to them. They go to Melbourne to take on the D's on Friday night. And uh, look, that, that game gives you the opportunity to play against Geelong. So in that respect, Brisbane, their record, the, uh, you cannot look at Brisbane at the MCG and be confident given their form over the past six or seven years. So, yeah, yeah that's that's why I don't have much faith in them going oh, much enough. further. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, did you see the footage earlier in the week of Greg Swan, the CEO's dog, dog, dog running out onto the yeah. field? Fakes didn't like that, did he? No, well, he probably wouldn't would you? In, a, in a final. And, yeah, I can, <laughs> little Cavoodle shows up. <laughs> yeah, Cavoodle. Well, yeah, I've got a Cavoodle. They're very cute dogs. But, yeah, probably yeah. not in the middle of Best the Best kept at home. Not, not exactly. Left, uh, <laughs> exactly. Uh, Sydney defeated Melbourne uh, by 22 points, and, and as mentioned, massive last quarter from Sydney had the strangle going, and uh, he can coach John Longmire, can't he? He's brilliant, and mm. they, as you say, you summed it up really well. A lot of no names in terms of uh, high profile who've been able to just work to their role, do the team job, and it was just another example of that. Uh, up to half time, you thought probably Melbourne more dominant, but uh, Melbourne looked like they had could go to a fifth gear, but they never did, did they? No, Sydney they didn't. didn't let them. Uh, and it's interesting, Stephen May did a really good job on Buddy Franklin, kept him scoreless for the sixth time in his career. But uh, there was there were a couple of moments there where Sydney uh, just managed to shut down Melbourne, keep the ball going in their direction, and, and look, that's that's a huge victory for them. And they're one win away from another grand final. Uh, Skeet with a home prelim mm. in Sydney, where they, and they play that ground super well, don't they? So, uh, well done to them. Um, Melbourne are still in the hunt, though, aren't they, with that team? Yeah, Petrarca, interesting, because he's done, obviously, Broken a hairline sneak. fracture. Yeah, yeah. Does he, did they rest him, or is he out this week? Try and get him up for the prelim final and, and bank on your, your team getting the result against Melbourne, against Brisbane this Friday night. So, um, that's that's going to be fascinating to see. Yeah, Harms gets three. We're okay with that. There's a contact to the chest. It looked worse, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Three his K. Head, his head and his neck did snap back, though, didn't they? Mm, yeah. Um, yeah, three K for that. Lloyd, two goals, 25 touches. He was terrific. Uh, Hickey. What about Hickey? He's just been a revelation since going to Sydney. One of his best games in the AFL, I reckon. Scoey's a massive rap for uh, for Hickey. He gets the crazy eyes on, doesn't he? Yeah. He's, uh, look, his twin daughters, twin daughters, I think, were in the hospital this week. So, uh, yeah. tough week for him. But Reed, Parker, Robottom, uh, all outstanding. Of course, Oliver and Petrarca getting um, a bit of the footy. Oliver with 29 and 2. And Petrarca, big question mark as to whether he'll go yep. uh, on Friday night. Yep. Uh, that's, that'll be a ripper. Uh, you called this a couple of weeks ago. You said the game of the round, the one you cannot wait for, is Geelong Collingwood. It was it was epic. Yeah. I had watched it at a local hotel, Skeet, and the place was going mad. Yeah, so, so it should have been. Uh, I also said that there'd be three blowouts and one close game. I was, didn't want to bring that up. I was a little bit wrong on that one. No, I'll <laughs> cop that because... Um, no, I was pleasantly surprised. We were, we were doing the AFL function at at, at uh, Optus on Saturday, and you you 
stopped talking and turned the TV on, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I, I well, heard that. I sort of went. I went up to the microphone. I'm about to interview the Brayshaw family, and there was three minutes to go. And, and Gil McLaughlin had just sat down, and I said, "Look, I feel a bit of pressure here because I don't. Everyone wants to watch the footy, and I don't <laughs> want to be rude to our guests. But Gil, what do you reckon? He said, "Put the TV on," and everyone watched. It was nice. um, terrific. And what a, what a game of footy! I, in fact, because I was at the ground, I didn't see it. Every player of the game, so I went home after the match, and essentially it was a replay. Just had, was on, and I watched it. Yeah, essentially from go to woe. What a game of footy! Um, yep, awesome. Geelong, Collingwood obviously jumped the cats, um, and Collingwood looked like they they just found a way to, to break down the Geelong system. <clears throat> they did, and in that last quarter when Collingwood were continually pushing, bombing the ball inside the fifty, it, it, it felt and looked to me like Geelong took about ten intercept marks. Didn't they? Because they've got those big marking backmen, haven't they? Stewart and, and those sort of blokes, and that that didn't work for Collingwood. I know we knew all their intent, but Geelong just too good in the back half. I reckon in the last quarter. Yeah, probably. I mean, Geelong, Collingwood did a lot right. I mean, they they, they yep. really threw absolutely everything at at um, at the Cats. But the experience and you know, Jeremy Cameron, he's he's still the guy that um, and Gary Rowan who. Had some wonderful moments and had What's a. How about that grab he took? Yeah, look, he he was outstanding. So mm. when you look at it, I mean, Jordan Dugowie, terrific, twenty six touches, two goals, eight clearances. He's got a bit of a shoulder injury, so that uh, is a concern for them. But hopefully, from Fremantle's perspective, he doesn't come up. Um, but Josh Dacos, Penelbury, Noble, all really good contributors. But as I said, Cameron Rowan, when it comes to it, they've just got that little bit of class factor over over Collingwood. When you when you line them up, match winners. Geelong comfortably, but gee, they had to work hard, and that that will give the rest of the finalists. Not that they ever thought that Geelong was unbeatable. That gives them a little bit of belief that, right, here's the way to, to stretch this team. Yeah, no, they 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 were um, very very good Geelong, but as you say, one of the one of the best games you could see, absolute sellout. Um, you know, uh, I, I I'll ask you this: Can Collingwood regroup? I mean, they've done it all year, yeah. haven't they? I mean, they seem pretty. Yeah, of course they can. Cohesive, yeah. don't they? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they can. Um, I think they'll be comfortable playing Fremantle at the G on Friday night. Mm. Um, they've got to, if they get past that, take on Sydney in Sydney. Um, so, look, I, I just don't think they're a side that they're going to drop their lip yeah. um, despite that type of defeat. I think they'll be more, although it'll be draining on them, as you said, um, using up some of those emotional coupons. But I think they'll end up uh, looking back and going, okay, mm. we're right in the conversation for a grand final here. So I, I don't think they'll, they'll certainly not lose any admirers because if, if that was the grand final that was played on Saturday and you were there, you go, you know what? That was as good as I'd be ha- I'd happy to see that as my GF this year. Yeah, for sure. So um, Gil would have been cock a hoop with what he saw this weekend. You were in close proximity with him on Saturday night. The AFL uh, would be well pleased with that finals round and in and how close a lot of the games have been this year. Yeah, and Kerry Stokes would have been even yeah. more happy given the ratings uh, across the country would have been yeah. enormous, 700,000 plus for each each game, uh, particularly that one Geelong Collingwood Thursday night was huge as well. So, yes, uh, footy in pretty healthy shape. Yes, for sure. Uh, our Shelter XBA X Factor uh, um, play moment of the week uh, and we look at a West Australian here in particular Michael Walters uh, kicked three goals, three, 18 touches, five marks, three tackles. He even kicked one off his non-preferred right. Uh, he was look, He's had a really good last month of the season. He's putting together some great footy. He knows that he's got less time in his career than, than more time. So uh, he's realising that you may as well make some hay while sun shines. And he was one of the reasons they got back into the game and eventually won it. Yeah. 
Uh, that is uh, our Shelter XPA X Factor Player of uh, the Week. Um, if any, if you'd like to send some stories through to yeah. uh, to the Shelter Footycast, please do. At Shelter Footycast is the is the handle. Uh, the socials Shelter Footycast on Instagram, YouTube. Search Back Chat or a Shelter Footycast playlist, and there will be a preview of the finals coming up this week with Will Schofield and Mark Reddings. I've got a SCOE stat for you. Yeah, go, go. Just because I, I'm vacating the seat. I've really enjoyed your company, Skeet, and, and some, of the, the same. some of the um, – some of the new words, new words in the English language that I hadn't heard before, including today, which was savvily. Yeah, they, they recruited true, yeah. very savvily. Well, they were they were savvy in their recruiting. I, I, I thought I'd got that through the keeper when I said it, I thought no, I was saving it see, up. That's a stupid thing to say. But uh, anyway, thanks for throwing no, me back on the like, bus. So my Scoey stat, and you're welcome to use. You should wait till Scoey speaks. There's some of the crap that comes out of him. Yeah. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. Um, Sixteen seasons for Will Schofield. Uh, first. First 12 seasons, 79 bounces, including one year he had 25 bounces of the footy yeah. in games. Last four seasons, zero. Not one single bounce in his last four seasons. Which reminds me because there was Went a from stat- being a dasher to a stodgy defender. <laughs> that, that reminds me of the stat that, and I'm not sure if that's changed, but Max Gorn, up until a few weeks ago at least, hadn't ever had a bounce in an AFL game, yeah, right. ever. And that's well, that might have changed, but surely... That is uh, a really good quiz question. Yeah. Uh, how many bounces Max Gorn's had? No, so, uh, interesting. Yeah, no, he's going to be really fired up, Scoey, coming back into the uh, the mix. So what, what does that mean for you now? Uh, I, I just go – I think there's a Centrelink office um, just close <laughs> to here, and I'll just go down there and, and stand in the queue, Ski. You'll be very savvily doing it, though. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. Been a pleasure, Bowie. Great to have you here. And um, yes, plenty of footy, and we can't wait to have Scoey back. And we might even get Bowie back for a grand final edition. Of the